Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Thursday, the 20th of May. I'm joined today by Emily Lynch, who is a Watson's Daily ambassador. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. Um, still <laughs> feeling quite embarrassed, really, because I just we were just we were just recording, and Emily was doing brilliantly, and then I realised <laughs> I made a massive mistake. So I'm really sorry with re-recording. I've never had this happen before. Um, so anyway, let's dive in. And You've got major your... deja vu right now. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> so so um, so what is uh, what? Yeah, what is your favourite story of today? Okay, so. T- the story about the elusive Elon Musk. Yep. Um, and in this story, so basically in this story, ministers at the moment are hunting for a site for a major new car plant. And this has caused quite a bit of excitement because this has come very quickly after Elon Musk stopped over briefly in the UK last weekend. So it's fueling mm-hmm. this speculation that Elon Musk is looking for potential locations for a new Tesla factory in this country. Um, And this comes less than two years after Elon Musk rejected the UK in favour of Germany for its first major plant in Europe. And and this was primarily due to uncertainty around Brexit. But what the journalist in this article is sort of saying is that now Brexit is largely out of the way. Ministers are hoping that he's going to rethink that stance. This is interesting I think for, for sort of three reasons firstly from a job point of view this would create more jobs naturally which is fantastic um but also potentially a future problem when mm. I think it was on the article outlining that there's a real difficulty at the moment of finding workers as jobs become more available um so mm. that I think also it's quite interesting the timing there's quite a lot of pressure on Tesla at the moment from uh, China and, and competitors gaining more momentum in the production of EVs and Elon Musk he's already expressed sort of frustration at um, the German factory um, so again it's quite interesting the timing of this um, yeah. but I think more importantly as you mentioned in today's article this kind of links back to battery production in the UK and, and the need for it so Britain's automotive industry it needs battery factories producing batteries for EVs um mm. so currently we've got quite a, a small battery production we've got Nissan producing small batteries we've got Jaguar Land Rover assembling battery packs but other car manufacturers they import their batteries and these are heavy and, and they're expensive to import so as there's this shift to electric um over time car makers are going to need sort of batteries on their own soil on their doorstop in a sense um and I think one of one of the questions from this article is, is having a Tesla factory the answer to this? Because they make batteries for their own vehicles. So there, there's kind of this narrative that it would be unlikely that this would be the solution unless the government can provide more incentives for Tesla to produce more batteries in in general. Um, mm. What what is sort of your opinions on this? Yeah, no, I think that um, I think that uh, obviously. Elon Musk, wherever he goes, creates a stir. Yeah. Um, I think that you have to be fair to say, wouldn't it? Um, but I think that um, it is interesting. Apparently, they these um, local uh, local authorities or something they 
they had 48 hours notice to produce a load of um, ideas for potential places for these, for, for big factories. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, I think that that is, it's very interesting. Um, I also think that um, the whole, uh, you know, him avoiding the UK for Brexit is obviously understandable because at that point um, it was, everything was up in the air and was very uncertain. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have thought that the attractions of the UK versus Germany, for instance, and or anywhere or most places on the continent for that matter, is the fact that we have more relaxed um, labour laws and things. So mm-hmm. putting it brutally, um, it's, it's easier to hire and fire in the UK than it is on the continent. Mm-hmm. And now you've got, and then you've got the added thing where you've got um, the UK government um now you know not being part of the eu may have more freedom to offer better incentives to um to tesla to have something here as well so i mean i think it's really it's interesting what he's doing obviously you just don't know whether um uh, you know whether he really is going to make a gigafactory over here i would have thought be quite i mean would have thought be good idea it would keep keep everyone honest you know i mean if they if they pitted the uk versus germany on the car front um you know maybe they could you know there'd be a rivalry which mean which would improve overall quality for instance yeah that's true um so you know there's there there might be that kind of thing going on but yeah i think it, it it's good it's interesting i mean we have but i do think in terms of battery i think batteries is where it's at though is yeah. you know for the next few years because um i think that it's we've got you know obviously we've got car production um but oh yeah all the all the uh, manufacturers have been talking about switching over to electric vehicle production um and if that is the case we we really don't have enough battery capacity at the moment to cope with the minuscule um, numbers of, of uh, electric vehicles that we are producing at the moment. Mm-hmm. So if we are to even take part in any of this, we need to really increase the number of batteries we produce. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I mean, we've got these uh, uh, other uh companies i think brit vault or i think that's what it's called Paul british yeah. vault um that's looking at that's producing going to do a gigafactory and um you know i think that that's what we need that's what we need certainly um for now to be able to at least you know keep up with what we've the manufacturing we've got we i i would say that we don't necessarily need more car production um mm-hmm. over here but you know, I'm, I'm I'm sure the government's not going to turn them away anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think when it comes to battery production, if there is going to be such a huge move towards that, that side of this industry, mm. I'm just wondering how do you think battery prices are going to fare in sort of, if we think about maybe perhaps short term, but then also long term as well? Mm. Well, I think in the short term, I think that the battery prices are going to go down mm-hmm. um but i think long term they are going to really fall because once you start to get more people buying electric vehicles um 
economies of scale will kick in. There'll be technological advances. You know, who knows? There might even be that, you, you know, you don't have to use cobalt or you don't have to, you know, it might be that the ingredients of these batteries changes to mean mm-hmm. that actually you can, you can get more charge for longer um, with cheaper stuff. So ultimately, there's going to be a pressure for pro- it. So there's going to be a pressure to get the prices down now because uh, uh, batteries are the biggest uh, costing component of a car. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. But then, um, so they'll do that. Uh, but then, like I say, as more people buy these cars, then production can increase. You get the benefits of producing more, uh, for, you know, and it and it's cheaper. Um, and that, but then that also will create more demand because overall car prices should come down to reflect that and more people will feel that they can take part in the electric um, revolution Mm -hmm. so and then so more and more and more people will just eventually drive the car prices down uh, you know the battery prices down which will ultimately drive down the cost of an electric vehicle Mm because i think at the moment we said recently it was something like 30 grand i think is is the lowest price really or sort of the thick end of so 20 28 grand or something like that is mm-hmm. the cheapest one you can get at the moment oh really um, yeah it's, it's still it's still expensive yeah you know especially if you're if you're you know uh, going straight away because i suppose they're all new uh or the new the new ones are 28 anyway so mm-hmm. it's still an expensive proposition i think yeah I think it's quite interesting also because um, it, this article speaks about how oh, the, the government might need to provide further incentives to Tesla for producing mm. sort of batteries in general. But I think, as you've kind of outlined, almost this this almost this mad rush to produce batteries is, is an incentive in itself because I think, mm. you know, there's, there's that push that you want to be at, at the start of this frenzy because yeah. you want to sort of capitalise on it. That's right. And I think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that I've read a lot of the news surrounding Tesla in sort of over the last month, so they did quite well at the end of Q1, if I'm Mm -hmm. correct. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of the news that's followed, it's not been negative for Tesla, but it's definitely put a bit more pressure on the company and the company's performance for the next couple of quarters. And I just think that, you know, this is this is almost an incentive in itself to 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 sort of get sort of join the party. Mm. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think it's definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, this is uh, you know the overall though you know Musk he's he's been the only one in the sandbox so far, mm. but now that everyone else is is joining joining him in the sandbox and making their own sand castles. I mean, I think that, um, I think that he's, I think that it's, um, the pressure is just going to keep increasing. Yeah. Um, and especially with the lineups, the model lineups that are coming out now that, you know, that, that look, that look very good. I mean, mm-hmm. as I, again, I keep saying, um, that um in terms of reviews and things i think tesla pretty much sweeps the board in terms of the standard that the the uh the technology the way it drives the practicality mm-hmm. you know everything everything is is really 
Good. I mean, I suppose. I mean, even even stupid things like um, uh, my. I would say my youngest son. Uh, my youngest son. He was particularly keen on me getting a, a Tesla, which I don't have, by the way. Uh, but he was <laughs> wanting wanting to get a Tesla because of the. You can program it. Uh, the seats to make flatulence noises uh, oh. when people sit on them. It's a whoopee cushion, um, uh, apparently functionality you can get. And he, I, I mean, my God, if 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 he had control of, yeah. of it, I mean, it would just be horrendous. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I mean, even stupid functions and stuff like that, um, you know, just makes people want them, isn't it, really? But uh, but anyway, <laughs> sorry, I, I didn't, yeah, I shouldn't have said that, really. But anyway. Uh, anyway, so, so move, Moving on, moving on, moving on, <laughs> moving on. Um, I'll mention um, the story I thought was, um, you know, the 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 story uh, that I thought was interesting today um, was actually about Next and Rice. Right. Now, I mean Rice, as in R E I S S, the apparel retailer, not Rice, the carbohydrate, <laughs> starchy food stuff. Um, so anyway, the interesting news here is that Lord Wolfson, who is the top dog at uh, Wolfson, anyway, uh, top is top dog at uh, at Next. Um, he is going to become chairman of um, of Rice, um, and this follows Next taking a twenty five percent stake in Rice a couple of months ago. Um, this is particularly interesting because the the guy who's the CEO of Rice and has been for I think the last four years, um, prior to joining Rice, he worked at Next for twenty eight years. So wow. he has he has form. Well, hey, that's impressive that someone works yeah. at one company <laughs> for that long. But I mean, it shows that he and Wolfson will know. You know, they will they will surely be able to work very well together. And I just think that there could be some interesting years to come with these two at the top, because if you combine their experience and assets and brands and stuff, I really do think you have a, a, a pretty potentially compelling mix there because mm-hmm. um, of the whole, uh, you know, online well, the way that Next has evolved over the years, with um, with its online uh, with its online presence and things, um, and also the fact that it has come through the pandemic relatively unscathed, and having picked up um, a few extra business, you know, uh, businesses and things. I mean, one of the one of the things it managed to win the the um, license for Victoria's Secret uh, in the UK. Um, but also it's looking into new areas. So it's looking to do a beauty and home um, separate kind of brand, I guess. Um, and I just, you know, if you add rice into the mix as well, I think that, you know, it looks like they could do all sorts of interesting things here, I think. Um, and, um, and, you know, and, and they're doing it at a time when they probably got quite a lot of freedom to do stuff with with all the stores you know mm-hmm. they could mix and match they could yeah there's there's lots of different options I think yeah I think so definitely as I kind of said to you before this I think next has always had this it's always stood out because it has this massive platform on its website where it hosts different brands and I wonder whether going forward 
this they might almost essentially do an ASOS and Topshop move where mm. we have rice on the website as a brand and then mm -hmm. it reduces the need for sort of those physical retail outlets. And again, it, it links back to this argument about what is the high street going to look like? Mm. Do we need physical shops? All of that. I wonder whether that is a potential move that they might do. Yeah. So to what to go sort of virtual then? Yeah, go virtual. Keep mm. rice as a brand on the on the website. It's a digital platform, but have your physical next shops still. Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see whether they they combine, say, you know, a, a rice and next with regards to the home beauty as well. Yeah. I don't know whether they could do that sort of combination or whether they'd want to do that combination. I mean, you said earlier that you, you used to work for Next, didn't you? I know. I'm an ex-employee. I've got insider knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, what, you know, what do you think? I mean, you know, what do you think of it in terms of overall in the high, you know, in with its position in the high street with, with Next? Do you think, mm. I mean, has it become a bit stale? Do you think it could do with this? bit of a you know bit of a revamp or whatever I mean what what do you think I do you know what I kind of think almost the opposite and I don't know whether this is a bit controversial but before okay. I started before, when I, when I was growing up and you thought about Next as a brand I don't know I just kind of always thought that it was very tailored to maybe perhaps an older generation they did a certain type of clothes clothing and I feel that as when I especially what's when, that like Victorian clothing or something Peter, I, can't, I don't want to offend anyone. <laughs> okay. Right. Yeah. No, I mean That's like old-fashioned clothing. Clothing just, like you know, used to wear in the caves. Yeah, uh, your, your yeah. period, your period clothing, Henry VIII type. No, no, no. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Clothes, no, like yeah. office wear, very much yeah. tailored to perhaps maybe a more of a mature kind of consumer. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but on. I think you know as I was working there especially I think it was quite interesting to see how they were branching out and I, I mean I'm I'm not ashamed to say it most of my wardrobe at the time was full of next clothes because I did genuinely like it and particularly I sort of said to you that what I found most interesting is they did release that sort of uh, beauty line I remember customers used to go mad for these fragrances um, mm. and they'd have massive gift boxes for Christmas you know people were loving it and I think it's quite interesting that they're now capitalizing on that strength at probably quite an important time in the market as well mm. I, th I think I think that aspect to it is quite interesting mm. yeah so I mean I, I think overall then i mean definitely looks like a very interesting prospect and mm. you know the fact that you've got these two these two brands coming together essentially um i think you know they could they could do some they could do some good things i mean they so next doesn't own all of rice that's the thing isn't it that's one right. thing to remember it doesn't own it it's got i think it's got an option to buy another I think 26% stake. So in other wow. words, it could buy, it could get the controlling stake next yeah. year. I think it's got an option to do it, but you would have thought surely, surely they're going to do, surely he's going to be, they're going to do that. But um, I think they're quite similar in, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think they're quite similar in the stock that they sell as well. So I think it's definitely, I mean, I don't know. I, I, 
I'm not sure in terms of Victoria's Secret, but when you think about Victoria's Secret and Next, I personally couldn't really understand that move. Mm. But when I think about Next and Rice, mm. I think they're quite similar. And I think that, that that's almost sort of a match made in heaven. Mm. It is interesting. I mean, I suppose I, I reckon that the secret, uh, the uh, Victoria's... Uh, the the Victoria's secret. secret <laughs> Sorry, there's a garden centre down the road <laughs> called Secrets, you see. That's what I was saying. <laughs> Um, so um, the Victoria's Secret thing, I wonder that was I'd I'd say that was a bit more opportunistic, I reckon, mm, yeah, because that came up because it didn't go to because it was it, uh, Sycamore Partners was going to buy Victoria's Secret from L Brands, then they then they didn't because because you know the coronavirus hit and um, Sycamore Partners said, oh no, we don't want it anymore. The valuation's different, you know. We and in the, you know it went to court and then in the end they both walked away and said okay well just you know whatever mm-hmm. um and then after that that's when there, there was all this then you know you got um there was bidding wasn't there for the yeah. rights for the license for victoria's secret and good old um good old marks and spencer was in the running as well as next and then <laughs> next one out didn't they so yeah um so yeah so that's i mean that's a brief potted history there of what what happened but um yeah i i, I think that it's interesting i mean but it is kind of, I agree with you. I mean, I think that that particular acquisition or, you know, acquisition of a license anyway, um, is a bit is a bit out there, but it just builds out the brands that are available to Next to play with. Mm. So I think that, uh, like I say, I think the conclusion is, is that, um, that there could be some very interesting years, um, it, you know, interesting next few years because, there's a lot they could do. They've got lots of ingredients. They could, yeah. they, they could make a fantastic chocolate cake. A bake-off worthy star baker. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how he, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm going completely random uh, here. Um, we're going, you know, uh, talking about clothing to cakes and stuff. But anyway, um, anyway. Oh, I think I better. I really had better shut up there because, um, yeah, I'm just going totally off the rails. Uh, so, so, um, so I just uh, would like to say thank you very much, particularly today because I mucked up. <laughs> so not at all. Not one. at all. So sorry about that. And then, um, and then um, also thank you very much, obviously, to the listeners for listening and supporting uh, us. And uh, also, just to add, today is the the day where things particularly busy uh, for Watson's Daily because we have the live at five on Instagram where I pick out a few of the themes for this week um, and then you can ask me any questions um, and then after that we have a um, an hour um, zoom call from 5 30 to 6 30 where I go in a lot more depth um, for subscribers of Watson's Daily and give you much more opportunity for questions and more discussion so there you go but anyway thank you very much indeed for your time thank we're you. going to be back again for the last time uh I know. <laughs> very sad so, yes yes so <laughs> but let's let's enjoy tomorrow we've still <laughs> got something to look forward to have a great have a great day and uh speak to you um tomorrow speak to you tomorrow bye so, bye